Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Building Success, a real estate podcast. My name is Nicholas Frank, and I will be your guide once again as we speak to some of the best and brightest in the worlds of real estate tech, operations, and financials from across the globe. If you like what you hear, we'd love to know it. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. And please be sure to leave us a rating and review so we know how we're doing and if what we're making is of interest for you. So today I am speaking with Ben Chadwell and Ray Campbell from Happy Co. And today we are talking about the student turn this time period, seasonal period during the summer months where for student housing, uh, 70% of their turnover occurs. And it's a very tight window, which can be very challenging for people, especially because as we talk about in this, this episode, it's not just the resident that you might be dealing with, but it could also be the resident's families. And then you got vendors, your own staff to worry about. And so we discuss some of the strategies involved in really perfecting the art of the student turn. So hope that you find this episode interesting. And without further ado, let's get right into it with Ben Chadwell and Ray Campbell from Happy Co. All right, welcome, gentlemen. I am joined by Ben Chadwell and Ray Campbell from Happy Co., uh, before we get started on today's topic, do you just want to both introduce yourselves, what you do at Happy Co? Yeah, uh, I'm Ben Chadwell. I'm a marketing manager at Happy Co. And I, I put together webinars on issues that the property management industry faces and write a lot of content on industry insights. And my name is Ray Campbell. I'm a director of business development for Happy Co. And work on on the East Coast, but also specialize in the student housing side as far as working with companies to refine their process on the inspection detail. And that student housing is really where I want to go with the conversation today and maybe make it more of a roundtable type where I'll, I'll ask a question and get and garner your insights. Um, the student housing, specifically very top of mind right now, um, is this student turn. And I know a lot of companies are reflecting on last year's financials, looking to boost their NOI during this kind of student turn period. And before we get into kind of strategies surrounding that, I was hoping one or maybe both of you could start out by explaining what the student turn is. Yeah, so turn in student housing is specifically refers to this time period that's very compressed in July and August um, that you're actually preparing for year round. but hundreds or even maybe thousands of students are moving out and then moving into your properties. Um, and it's typical for a baseline of at least 70% of residents to move out and in. Um, so already you have this, this huge undertaking before you. And on top of that, you have rigid schedules because you're tied to the, to the academic year, the academic calendar. Um, you work around student schedules, but also you only have a couple of weeks to um, to turn units and make them ready for move-ins. Um, and there's a, there's a, there's a, a bunch of challenges that all kind of coincide at this time. You have new hires that need training. Um, expenses might be hard to control uh, when you're trying to get your orders together. Um, you're dealing with move-out disputes from students and parents. So it's a stressful time of year. Um, inspection and maintenance schedules are rigid. <clears throat> Delays can cause extra expenses and headaches, and 
And meanwhile, you still have to be marketing and conducting preventative maintenance and managing relationships with students, parents, and the college, your managers and staff, even the municipality. And, uh, and we're looking at a projected total enrollment of 23.3 million students by 2025, which is a 15% increase in the rate of enrollment since 2014. So there's a lot of competition to book quality turn vendors quickly. Ray, yeah, and I was going to say to build on that, as, as we go around and talk to uh, different student housing companies, the one, the one common message that keeps coming through is the, the turn season is the single most disruptive thing in their business all year. So, it, you know, from a, from a lease up standpoint, from a budgeting standpoint, uh, there, there are different seasons that each of them go through, but the turn season has been mentioned where such a high volume of transactions are taking place from a move out, scheduling vendors, getting things repaired in a, in a quick format, and then moving new students in for the next uh, academic year is in such a compressed time that the volume of transactions makes it very easy for people to either get buried under uh, under bad processes or for things to get missed uh, that are important things of damage recoveries and, and, and getting ledgers updated so that you are not only handling the term process, but that you're making sure that you're taking care of the financial needs as well. So one thing I find interesting is something you mentioned, Ben, and that's residents' families. So in most situations, when you're dealing with a residential or multifamily property, you're dealing with almost exclusively the, the actual resident or tenant of that, of that unit. But here it's, it's a bit different because you have, you have resident families involved. What other, what other stakeholders are involved in this process? Yeah, so uh, the, the family component is interesting because with parents, you, you have these co-signers who are the financial support system for the students, but they're also one degree removed from the actual property. In fact, that maybe they haven't even set foot on the property. Um, so charges and can, can be, you know, billing parents for charges can become a contentious uh, debate. Um, so there's there's that relationship that plays in pretty strongly during this time, but also you've got, you know, you have your your student targets for next year. You have your current residents um, there, so you have their parents, your competition, your managers, your turn suppliers, your seasonal staff, and I would I would argue that public opinion is also um, a relationship you got to manage during that time. Your online reviews and such, and also the local government. You have to stay aligned with local regulations and keep your buildings up to code. So um, it's easy to get overwhelmed during turn if you fall behind in nurturing those relationships throughout the whole year. Uh, absolutely. And, and building on the family or extended family component to it, as um, you look within the different, you know, the different verticals within property management from conventional affordable student housing, we do, we do find that on the student side, communication and documentation is key to being able to recover those damages because again your primary financial dispute comes from not your primary resident it's somebody that you don't necessarily have that that daily or or constant relationship with so you mentioned damages and ben you mentioned kind of falling behind in your daily processes with this volume that you said 70 percent turnover in some instances what, what are the main areas that need to be addressed during this period? Um, so I think the main areas, and Ray is much more of an expert on this than I am, but um, 
especially that we can speak to as a mobile inspection software company um, are your furniture inventory and inspections. Um, you know, making sure you're tracking the age and condition of your furniture, but also that you're benchmarking between properties. So like why, if you, if you have enough visibility, um, being able to ask, why is one of our properties missing 5% of bar stools and the other one is missing 25%? What's going on there? What's the difference? Um, but really using your furniture inspections to consolidate uh, an accurate order for so that you um, can get your furniture scheduled for delivery on time and make sure your properties have what they need to uh, to get ready for a move-in in August. And then another area would be, as Ray talked about, um, move-outs and final account statements. Um, so, you know, walking the unit with the resident when they move in and making sure that they get a chance to point out any issues that they might see with the apartment or the apartment features um, any concerns they might have and documenting those with photos, um, getting their signature. Um, if you use a mobile inspection app, you can get their digital signature. Um, and that serves as a stamp of approval so that at move out time, you can quell disputes, but uh, really back up your charges. And not only that, if corporate needs to get involved, they can log into the system and see the inspection, see the photos and decide if the charges stand or if they don't stand. And that brings up another important point, which is uh, quarterly inspections. So not only do you need to be inspecting at turn time and, and doing your, your post vendor inspection to be sure that jobs are being done right and you're, you're getting what you paid for um, and your furniture inspections and your move out inspections, um, but also quarterly inspections throughout the year because uh, there's 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 so many issues. There's such a long list of property issues and, and threats that we face today um, from like uh, balconies, the the condition of balconies, uh, for instance, in 2015 in Berkeley, there was a balcony that was so decayed and hadn't been inspected um, that it actually collapsed and killed six people and injured seven people. So it was a pretty serious issue. Um, you know, and it doesn't stop there. You, you have fire safety. Um, Got to make sure your your batteries are up to date in your um, in your fire alarms because in, in many time in many cases um, you might have fire alarms present, but they are not working. So it's important to inspect those. And like bed bugs are a pretty big issue. So checking for pests throughout the year um, on a quarterly basis at least. Um, I'm trying to think of other things, your efficiency and sustainability features. Uh, you know, a lot of student housing professionals um, and student housing companies, they like to differentiate themselves with things like uh, their green initiative um, and low flow toilets and irrigation systems that ha are, are on a timer. So it saves the water and they're using LED lights and saving electricity. But if you're not, you know, inspecting those thermostats that are, um, the automated thermostats that that save you, um, that are supposed to save you money and energy on energy costs throughout the year, um, those things can malfunction and break or not work right, and then you're not getting the green value you expected. So, um, so I could go on and on, and I'm sure Ray could as well. But uh, those are some some big areas that need to be addressed, um, not only at turn but throughout the year. 
Yeah, and, and to kind of build on that, uh, in in different companies that we've we've gone in and looked at their process, the everybody loves to focus on turn because it's the time compressed and everybody it, it really it, it drives the activities of the entire company. But the ones that we find that have the most successful turn season are the ones that do, as Ben mentioned, those multiple type inspections. So pre-turn inspections, going in a couple of months prior to turning, getting a baseline for where your different properties are so that you're not only identifying issues that are that need to be repaired, but gives you the ability to then have an idea of what you're going to need in that short compressed time frame uh, between move outs and move ins and being able to do things like schedule their vendors or even negotiate better rates with their vendors at that particular time. So not just looking at the physical condition of the asset, but being able to take that into more of a procurement stance and being able to uh, have an idea or forecast certain items that they're going to need from vendors or certain services and being able to get better rates on those. Uh, Again, not only the turn inspection is important, but as you go through and do things like carpet inspections, paint inspections, and continually have your staff in your uh, in your units so that you can see if there's anything deteriorating ahead of schedule. Also, just to make sure that there's everything within the uh, uh, all activities within the unit are uh, holding to the terms of the lease. You know, if you're picking up on any lease violations or anything like that, uh, can really help. So, it's turn is the is the driving factor behind it. But these other periodic quarterly, some do it even monthly uh, type inspections can really help facilitate a smooth turn season because you have that prep work uh, at the beginning. Uh, And then the last thing, Ben touched on it lightly, but if you can set up a sort of gamification with with your properties so that they are competing within each other, because a lot of time in student housing, there there tends to be a focal point of their property because they may be removed from other uh, other properties within the portfolio. So if you have a mechanism that can give you metrics in a in a you know virtual real time format, you can you can start to have the properties compete for whether it's items or inspections that have been done, items have been rated that have been rated, uh, photos collected, or all the way down to you know as we mentioned earlier, damage recovery charges and how many are being done furniture inventory, how many items are missing or or what kind of damages are there. As you start to get those properties aware of what you're monitoring, you start to see a competition and it drives everyone to the desired behavior uh, for the overall portfolio. And that makes a lot of sense, especially you've mentioned multiple times the short time frame. So finding any any way to get people to start really moving ahead of schedule, first and foremost, because you don't know what you might be seeing when all these people move out at the same time. But then I like the gamification aspect, and that's going to kind of flow, I think, into where I want to I want to go next, which is a lot of the things we talk about on this podcast relate to real estate technology. And I feel like with so much of these processes probably being done on paper previously, there's, there's a lot of opportunities for tech to start to get involved. Um, what, are, what are some of the technology avenues that you guys are seeing in the market to help perfect this turn? Yeah, so so many companies still, um, of course, we're going to talk about inspection technology, but many companies still inspect on paper, but that number is shrinking because managing a process that's as labor-intensive as, as turn with a paper-based or manual inspection system really delays your ability to make prompt repairs and secure de- security deposit refunds quickly, which can 
negatively impact your resident and parent satisfaction. And then you have missing inspections and poor property visibility that can lead to this perpetuating cycle of low property compliance and missing photos and lost documentation. And so you don't have it when residents are disputing damage charges or need it for legal defense. And then there's the communication aspect. Your property level staff and your head office aren't really thinking on issues. And that's a worrying situation, especially in student housing. Um, so as far as technology goes, we have the arrival of these mobile inspection tools that enable teams to capture standardized data so they can drive compliance higher and realize time savings, but also maintain resident loyalty and lift on damage deposits recovered. Um, and then other components to that system, um, as, as Ray and I alluded to, are these analytics so or and also an automated turn matrix and make ready board so you can see property progress in real time across the portfolio between portfolios and benchmarks. So uh, how is one property doing versus another and why are the costs so high at one property versus this other property? Uh, and then also as Ray talked about forecasting your spending for years to come because you're tracking the age and condition of all of your furniture and apartment features uh, with your mobile inspection software. Um, so we've talked about disputes and parents questioning these charges. So it really comes down to uh, being able to collect rock, rock solid documentation um, of conditions at move in and, and uh, at move out to reduce your number of disputes and resolve those that do emerge. Um, and some of the most important features to achieve lift on your damage recoveries, uh, so things to look for in your mobile inspection platform would be move in, move out comparison reporting. Um, so a report that, that it, on, on one PDF shows side by side, what were the conditions and photos that move in, what were they at move out. Um, so it, it kind of takes the sting out of you, you can send that to parents um, and to students and, and they can see exactly what kind of damage occurred or what kind of cleaning you need. Um, so it kind of takes the sting out of, of sending them a charge and, and maybe uh, not having it documented so well. And then you don't have time to, to deal with uh, parents kind of appealing that. And then some other important features are easy form customization. Uh, um, so you can do it on the fly. If you have apartment features, you need to be sure to inspect. You can add those as you go. Uh, inline digital photos, um, very important as we talked about, and 100% offline functionality, which is important because um, you don't want to be out there in the field with an app that uh, can that that needs what that requires Wi-Fi, uh, but you're not able to get any signal or or sorry requires Wi-Fi or a cellular signal. Um, but if you're you know a lot of buildings have these concrete cores, um, signal doesn't translate so well uh, through them. So um, you'll have to go back to the office to get Wi-Fi. So a native app is really important. Um, so you can, it doesn't matter if you have a connection or not, you can do your inspections. One other point I'd like to make is that student renters are a different kind of renters to conventional. Um, and of course, you know this, uh, but in the most recent issue of student housing business, there's a piece on how to lease and market to generation Z and in one example, they showcase actually how one of our customers, CA Student Living, mixed things up at one of their properties in Missouri. They used what they called a party vader to raise their renewal rates. And what is a party vader, you may ask? It's an elevator with a DJ pumping jams 
complete with snacks, giveaways, and you guessed it, a leasing agent who is striking up renewal conversations in the community lift as a way to really get in front of the students and make renewals as fun for them as they are for you, almost. Uh, but the point is, engaging student renters today requires some innovation and to be really on the cutting edge, you might even use like Snapchat to geofence students while they're all in the crowd at a school football game. Um, and you can do this by using the zip code and then you can serve them ads that actually reference the game in progress, like rooting for the home team or sharing the score. You can get really creative with that. Um, but you, you, it boils down to you need to know where your residents' interests lie and cater your digital on-site and event content to them to grab their gaze. Uh, another thing that, that CA um, Student Living does or has done in the past is that they'll bring a model unit on a truck onto campus, um, really bringing that leasing conversation to the students rather than what can be the, the difficult process of getting them through the door uh, on your property. Um, so innovative approaches like that can, can really make a difference. As, as we were talking about some of the things that have changed or how technology is starting to affect the, the process, um, as we go through and talk with, with different student housing companies about what they're doing today, we have not come across a situation where nobody is doing inspections or, or that there's no documentation going on. But what, is, what we typically find is that they are paper-based and they're, they're used for protection in a retroactive uh, sense so that if there's a dispute, they can go back, pull the paper, and use it to handle that dispute. But that really is the, the full use of the data at this point. What we've seen some companies transition to in the last few years is changing this from a retroactive case-by-case -case basis to more of an actionable data that they can not only look at current process uh, where their portfolio stands, but they're also able to use that to project and even forecast things that are coming up. So, uh, for example, going through and having real-time dashboards and analytics so that they can see how many inspections are being done, how many items are being rated, or how many photos are being collected, either by property, by region, or even in a, if you want to say, by section of the country, and using that to compare against each other to make sure that the process is either prepared to go through okay, or that they are meeting their, their time deadlines in this compressed uh, format of the turn season. Uh, but not only that, looking at it for future so that if, if they know for dorm room desk, for example, that they've got a three-year run rate before they need to be replaced, now not only do I look and say, okay, I have so many that need to be replaced, but I can tell how many are one-year-old, how many are two-years-old, and able to forecast what I'm going to need at each time when I do an order so that I have an idea of what's coming either for the next order or in the next two orders, for example, and using that to drive better rates in a more efficient manner with their vendors. So really changing the process from a point in time dispute to an overall actionable data to give it to not only monitor where they are, but where they're going as an overall portfolio. So we talked about the technology piece, the different the differences with the inspections. What what other points would you like to make in regards to this turn? I know that, and we'll provide this in the show notes, that you've created a student housing turn best practices guide. Is there anything else that our listeners should really know before they go into their own student turn seasons? Man, we really covered a lot in this short period, but uh, I can think of a few different things. Um, so, like, uh, as, as residents move out, <clears throat> there's, it's usually – 
it becomes this tornado and a lot of items get left behind. Um, and usually when a resident moves out and leaves items behind, it's an indication that they no longer want the items and have given you tacit ownership of them. But you should really only make that assumption if the lease stipulates clearly and explicitly how you're going to deal with abandoned property. And also many states set notice requirements for contacting tenants about abandoned property and may also regulate how you have to store and dispose of it if the resident does not claim those belongings. So for example, in Oregon, a landlord is required to store leftover items for five to eight days before being legally allowed to sell or dispose of those items. So it's a good idea to keep the state and city guidelines handy at turn time. Uh, so your managers and staff know exactly how they're going to handle deserted property. Um, and to make that process easier, you can, you, for both you and your residents, you can provide stations in the lead up to turn, bins, et cetera, where students can donate their unwanted items, whether clothing, non-perishable foods or kitchen supplies. And a lot of students are rushing around <clears throat> at many colleges. You have to get these uh, required volunteer hours at the end by the end of the school year. So it's an opportunity for you to offer them what they need um, by getting them to sort through the items for quality before donating them uh, and then also avoid overburdening your staff. So it's it's kind of a win win. Um, and it's it's good from a sustainability standpoint. It's good for your social court, your corporate responsibility um initiative um so it's really a win-win all around i think the one theme that uh has been conveyed through a lot, a lot of the stuff that we've talked about today is the best way to have a successful turn season is that turn season never stops it, it's the stuff that you do everybody loves to focus on the time between june and august as the the turn session but those that are doing it successfully, those that have, that have found ways to make it be less disruptive in their business are the ones that actually manage that process and all the different seven steps uh, that, that we've talked about for a successful term process is something that is a continual action throughout these companies all through the year. So whether it's periodic inspections, whether it's training your staff, whether it's looking for different ways to even alleviate stress within your staff as they're going through that compressed time frame. It's not just the five or, or, or you know, five days or 30 days of the turn crunch. It's all the other time around it that you're using to make sure that things are running as effectively as possible in that time. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen, for taking the time to speak with me today. You're very welcome, Nick. Yeah, I appreciate you having us. If you want more information on Happy Co., visit their website at happy.co. And we mentioned a couple times that Happy Co. has published a best practices guide for perfecting the student turn, and we'll put that in our show notes. So please go ahead and check that out as well. And until next time, we will see you later.